Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I bring you the final episode in the series, Decluttering Room by Room. I've asked women to come and join me in tackling various areas in our home. We'll chat about how to keep each space minimal and most efficient for our families. In this last episode, Krista Odavi, creator of A Life in Progress, will take us through living room decluttering. But before we get to that conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. We're getting so close to that 500 mark, and that would just be a Merry Christmas to me. So if you haven't left a rating and review yet, head over to iTunes and do that. All right. I hope you enjoy this last episode in this series. Enjoy my conversation with Krista. Krista, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm happy to be here. I've been listening to your series and enjoying it. Thanks. Yeah, you are actually going to end the series, the Room by Room series that we've been going through different spaces in the house. And today you're here to talk about the living room. So I'm excited to hear what your tips are. I feel like this is an area that in my own home, personally, it's pretty minimal, but that's just because I don't have a lot of stuff. So I'm curious to know how people actually will go through the, the step-by-step process. But before we get into our entire conversation, I'm going to let you introduce yourself for listeners that might not know who you are. Oh, okay. Um, I call myself a writer and a joyful living educator. I The hub of my work is at alifeinprogress.ca. Um, I, there are a couple different facets of my work, but essentially I work with women from around the different corners of the world and help them live imperfectly on purpose. Where does minimalism and maybe simplicity, living simple, play a role in your life and maybe what you've been doing? Um, Well, for me personally, it plays a huge role. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of my wiring, but it's also, I would say, out of necessity. Just I'm a highly sensitive person. I've struggled lots with anxiety, bouts of depression. um, And learning to honor my wiring has included the idea of... Um, being very intentional about what I allow in my life, you know, really consciously walking out my values, um, putting guards on so I'm not distracted by all the noise, etc. This work, it's, it's a huge thread of my work with other people. And not in the sense that everybody who comes to me aspires to minimalism, but they aspire to living on purpose. And so, you know, it shows up in lots of different ways in, our, in my work with clients. But Yeah, I actually, I really appreciate that about you, the aspect of you setting boundaries with your time. And I think that that's really important to do and just your schedule in general. I can't remember what our interaction was, but I feel like you had a a good boundary. And I'm like, more people should be just intentional and direct about their boundaries because it really does preserve your mental capacity and also just like what you're willing to do in the day to day. I think it's Mm self-honoring. And then, and I think that's often the last thing you know until I mean sometimes crises forces us you know like a physical injury uh loss of somebody it's like these life realities I I say force us but I'm not sure that's true because I always think we have choice but Mm -hmm. um trauma laws hard stuff it invites us to go deeper and deeper into this work right as our window of tolerance becomes smaller and our energy becomes depleted etc Um, ideally we learn these things before crises hits, but 
um, even in lovely, you know, lovely seasons of life, I think it is self-honoring and that feels really important to me and for myself, but also because I'm modeling this to my kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it is such a minimalist intentional living concept because time is really the most important thing that we have. And it is, we only have so much of it. So really preserving time in the way I know we can't always choose exactly how our time is spent, but like what we can set boundaries around. I just appreciate that. And I've tried to get better about that as I've become into my thirties. And I feel like I'm, I'm more confident in saying that. And I I just wish that I would have done that maybe even in my early twenties, like how beneficial that would have been if I would have learned that lesson at that point in my life. But anyways, this could be like a whole podcast in itself because I love talking about this stuff, but we are here today to talk about the living room. So at a very basic level, I always say that, but how do we start to move through that space? What are maybe some tips that you can initially give? Well, for me, the way that I would approach this Mm -hmm. is actually, well, there are three simple thoughts and I know we won't have time to explore them all, but I'm going to throw them out there as little seeds that people can water if they want. I would approach this like I approach a lot of, or probably all of my life. First, that is to really reconnect with my core values. So you might write those down. You might do a couple exercises. You might kind of hash it out with your family. Um, But what are your overarching values in life? Because I really feel like to live on purpose, every choice we make, including how we spend our money, the books we read, you know, who we invite into our homes, it all flows out of that, you know, our values. And from there, you might also consider your family culture. Mm -hmm. And we all have a very unique family culture. And I believe that it's a beautiful thing when our homes, including our living room, reflects that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a quick example, my kids are all very creative. They're all artists. Um, So also my husband is West African. So we have, you know, we lost my parents at a young age. Our son is now gone. So we have things that reflect our story. Um, Whereas... So my living room, which is really the hub of our connection in in our home, it's not stark, but it's very purposeful, orderly, but also creative, and it and it feels like us, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so those are two points, and then the third one, and this is actually an easier starting point, and something that really helped me about twelve ish years ago. Um, it's just a simple idea. How do you want to feel in your home? Or how do you want these people you love to feel? Mm-hmm. And even if it's you and your cats, you know, this is valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, like all of these little practices are helping us remember that it doesn't matter what, you know, the most popular book says. It doesn't matter what your best friend is doing. Um what do you want? Like, who are you? What are your values? And how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. So a quick example to illustrate this, um, I am definitely a recovering perfectionist. I'm highly sensitive. I have a hard time with noise and disorder. And honestly, like, um, I've had to learn how to loosen my grip a bit um, in order to live fully mm-hmm. and share my space with my family. Yeah. Um, and remembering or or instead of focusing on well I need everything clean and and, you know put away and everything in its place and all those beautiful ideas Mm -hmm. when I switched over and I thought well how do I want my kids to feel and I realized oh I want them to feel safe and connected and 
I want them to feel, you know, compassion is a big value. So I want to be exploring what, you know, compassion. So that will inform the books we bring in, the conversations in this living space. Um, I want my kids to feel creative. So that means I'm going to allow for messes. Mm -hmm. We do, you know, art and music and, um, and, and so that it really shifts things, right? The whole mm-hmm. mood of the home. And so um, in that case, we're going to still um, make space for those things that are important. Like I don't, it doesn't mean I want games and books and art supplies all over my living room floor, yeah. but it means I make space for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that might even include like shelf space, floor space. So mm-hmm. people can pull out the Legos, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of go this top down approach to everything in my life. Mm-hmm. So that simple question, how do you want the people you love to feel in your home? I think is a fabulous starting point. Yeah, absolutely. I love everything that you just said. And I think that so much of minimalism is getting the mind wrapped around what our intentions are for spaces, for schedules, for whatever we are doing. And so I think that really, it's funny that you're saying this because the last episode about bedrooms, she was saying, we were saying kind of the same thing about a bedroom. What do you want that space to be? And then you can move forward and actually pulling the things out of the space because you'll know what you want to stay and what you want to go. So I really love that you said that. So you've kind of talked about what it looks like for your home. Do you have any other little practical tips on maybe what we can do with organization or would you like to move on? I know a lot of people get stuck in this area too. So I'll let you kind of decide where you want to go. Okay. Yeah. So I want to talk about natural boundaries. Yeah. And there was one other thing in my brain. Oh yeah. Another thing I find super helpful is to always be kind of paying attention, watching how a space is actually used. Mm. So despite our best intentions, you know, we create this lovely space and then, but people are always pulling the cushions off the couch and throwing them over in a particular corner or kids are fighting over not having enough room for a board game or whatever it is really, or or my husband, for some reason, always lays in this one area of my living room with this big oversized pillow and he watches hockey on his iPad. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, I wouldn't have been able to plan that. Yeah. Yeah. But so just observing how are people truly using this space allows us to be a little creative and flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then as we move through the seasons, it's going to change. Like my kids are, you know, adults or you know 15 and and up so we use the space in a different way um natural boundaries is something that's helpful anywhere in the house Mm -hmm. but I certainly I'm staring I'm in my own living room right now so um whether I'm talking about my own minimalist wardrobe or you know bookshelves in my kitchen or my game cupboard and art supply space um I I just I personally just use the idea of natural boundaries to help me find my enough. And I find this is really useful. So I have a certain amount of shelving. Everything is, you know, eclectic and unfancy in my life, but Mm -hmm. hopefully cute and reflective of our personality. Mm -hmm. But um, years ago, I just decided I was not buying any more shelves. I had room for more shelves. Mm -hmm. I had money to buy more shelves. Mm -hmm. I recognized that it's too easy to just fill up all the spaces and I love learning and I was a homeschooler. And so I was constantly feeling like, Ooh, you know, shiny thing, beautiful idea. Mm -hmm. And so to alleviate a lot of that stress and even the financial, you know, stress of that, Mm -hmm. um, I just said, Hey, this is enough. These are my boundaries. If I want more, what's leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
that was really helpful. I think so whether you're a homeschooler or, um, or maybe you just love pretty things and you're, you know, you love Instagram and you're constantly getting sucked into, Ooh, you know, I need Mm -hmm. that thing. Just deciding like, what is enough for me? What is enough in this season? What does that look, sound, feel like? Mm -hmm. Um, and look for ways to create some natural boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and finally, and this isn't as much about decluttering, it's, but I do feel like it's just practical and comes into play in my life a lot. Um, as I mentioned, I want people to feel connected. I want us to have like passionate conversations in my house. I want there to be creativity. And, um, and for me, that also means making sure that my family knows this isn't just mom's space. This Mm -hmm. is our space and you're allowed to live here. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, not having things that I was overly worried if they got marker on them or my one of my, my 15 year old likes to do watercolor in my living room for some reason, mm-hmm. which is kind of terrifying <laughs> on a different floor. Um, but you know, it's as simple as, you know, buying cute, um, pillow covers from Etsy, but they're super wa- like they're washable. Mm-hmm. You know, we have throw blankets because everything we here, we use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's washable. I care more about the people than the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, all of that can really inform what we keep and what we let go of Mm -hmm. as we, you know, navigate life through the seasons. Yeah. And I think that's something for moms that can be somewhat of a struggle with little kids. Their toys are in these spaces that are more community spaces in our home. And just remembering even for myself, that this is just a season. I am happy to have their toys here because one day I'm going to be sad that they don't have little toys anymore. They're not here in my home anymore. So I just try and keep perspective in that way. But also, like you said, have things that are okay. Not that you want your kids to damage things. I want my kids to know that we respect our things. But I have this really cool hutch. If anyone follows me on Instagram, they've seen it. But it's a hutch from probably like the 70s and I bought it at a antique shop and it was I think less than $200 for this piece that at West Elm would be 800 and I just I think it gets the job done it looks very similar but the top of it is kind of warped and has like some scratches and stains you can't really tell that much it can be around toddlers and kids that are setting their glasses down by accident on would. So I think that when we're flexible in that way and just thinking a couple steps ahead, it really does benefit us. I prefer, and this is so, this is kind of random almost. And, but I, I have a little kitty running torpedoing through my home as I speak to you. Uh And one of the things I love is it's like a perfect obstacle course because nothing, we have a lot of things that have openness so a coffee table that isn't solid even though sometimes that is the practical choice with if it has drawers or cabinets but I like that idea of space so even if you don't have a super large home I like that I can see under things or um it just creates a feeling of more spaciousness Mm -hmm. for me um and then also you know like my table do did used to have a big wicker basket under it at one time for audiobooks back before <laughs> you know back when audiobooks were all the rage you know, mm-hmm. and, you know and so it's flexed with time but anyways I just I, I noticed that I like that what you're saying and what I'm saying is that it is going to shift our living room every space in our house is in the various seasons of motherhood or just in yeah. life in general do you have any other insight maybe to some other challenges people might have if not we can move on to the next question I think um 
and, and these are things that I speak to you a lot in my work. And I think that they apply here is um, perfectionism, comparison, and fear. Yeah. Comparison seems more obvious. It's like, you know, focusing too much on, I don't know, Instagram or whatever your drug of choice is, HGTV, or, mm. you know, maybe going into, well, you know, I'll just speak from my own experience. Yeah. So, um, my husband and I live on a different budget than some of my siblings and we've chosen a debt-free lifestyle. Um, whereas I have some siblings with beautiful, pretty things and, mm-hmm. my, and, and I, I always love my own space. And then sometimes I walk into theirs and I'm like envious, you know, even noticing that, like not, not feeling ashamed of yeah. noticing that human emotion and then thinking about, oh, well, what do you love about this? And yeah. is that something that you want to, like, I heard you um, talk about um, a beautiful mirror, maybe I can't oh, yeah. remember for what room mm-hmm. and you're saving for that. And I like, and I really like that because instead of making a rash decision mm-hmm. based on like, I, I need this thing and, you know, um, you're taking your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing that with a couch. So, you know, we had, we just recently got rid of our first proper couch that mm-hmm. we ever bought. And I've been married like 26 years <laughs> in my basement. Yeah. But it was peed on by every one of my three children, plus uh-huh. probably other children. Yeah. So it was like, so that was like an inexpensive Ikea thing. That's finally gone. And I want a really, a, I want to spend some money on a lovely, comfy couch. But I... I want to take my time mm-hmm. and I want to, instead of rushing, I want to wait and choose something that feels really good because now I don't have little people. In yeah. My home. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, comparison, perfectionism and fear. Um, you know, another way that that comes up for me, mm-hmm. I mentioned that I was a homeschooler yeah. and back in the day I ended up setting a boundary around the type of books I was going to read. I was reading these books about homeschool families and I always felt like, Oh, my husband doesn't sit by the fire in flannel reading classics mm-hmm. to our children. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just felt, you know, like, Oh, something's wrong here. And so noticing how the books we read, the people, you know, whose voices we're following in this season, how much that influences our sense of peace or contentment or conversely dissatisfaction, et cetera, yeah. in our spaces, like our living room. And so sometimes those are just little clues to like, okay, tune that out, turn off mm-hmm. the, t- you know, we don't have, t- oh, one more thing, family culture. For me, a big thing was um, not having a TV in my room, mm-hmm. in my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, values align choice. Now we all have, you know, laptops and all of that. So we can Netflix yeah. together if we want. Yeah. But that was a really purposeful choice for me too, mm-hmm. um, because I wanted this space to be about connection, gathering, education. Even if we were all sitting here together and reading our own books or doing something, but a gathering space. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's just a purposeful values aligned decision that I made. And I've never had a lot of stuff. So that's one difference is like, I didn't come into minimalism. Yeah. I've always just been this way. Yeah. Um, but I like being able to move things around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can be fun. I believe that you have talked before about shopping in your own home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like when we have sometimes these urges for creativity or I'll bring in things like bits of nature mm-hmm. or you know, move things around a little bit and kind of play with that. And that can kind of enliven the space and also kind of show where maybe there's like something too much. So yeah. um, just uh, last week or a week ago, 
I have this pillow that I really like. It's very cute. And it was the only pillow in my living room that was honestly, I didn't want people to use it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there was always like feathers coming out of it and Uh stuff. So I ended up just getting it out of this space and I put it downstairs where I'm just going to, I'm letting go. And I'm like, if people lay on it, if Mm -hmm. you know, whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I was noticing myself kind of holding onto this thing, but it had no purpose Mm -hmm. apart from cuteness, which, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was always just in the way. Yeah. So I, I let go of that. Whereas, you know, my walls have children's art all over, you know, and, um, and yeah, you can look around and I can tell you stories about things, but I think it feels welcoming and spacious and we can live and breathe here. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I usually ask at this point, what are some of the ways that you've purged the items that you have, but it sounds like you said you've been a minimalist pretty much all along. The answer that I keep getting is Facebook marketplace or Goodwill. I'll let you say, do you have any other ideas or tips? Yeah. So I'm in a really small town. So, but still Facebook can be useful. Um, I mostly don't try to sell things. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's very rare. I mostly give them away to places that, you know, take it or leave it or, but what I would love to touch on, because I'm not sure any of your other guests did bring this up or not. Uh Um, one thing that can be really hard is when there is like a deep sort of emotional connection. So mm-hmm. we, we do know this, but so my mom died 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I inherited, I'm second oldest in a big family. So I got, you know, lots of books that have her handwriting mm-hmm. in them and, mm-hmm. um, things that, you know, as I release things, because my kids are no longer in that season, it feels it's not stuff always that I'm willing to just sort of, you know, drop off Mm -hmm. like somewhere it feels wrong. So I think to sit with that and even release those things slowly so that we can process emotionally Mm -hmm. can be, it's fair. Also maybe it can be easier to hand them off to Mm -hmm. a beautiful little family Mm -hmm. who you see that little person and you know, Oh, it's going to find a home, you know, these, and I think so whether there's been loss in the family, you know, mm-hmm. you're letting go, a child died and you're letting go of things, or it's just like a family, not an heirloom, but something that's been passed down. I think it's fair to acknowledge the emotional component mm-hmm. and not judge that mm-hmm. or be too quick to say, well, you know, I'm doing this minimalist thing and it says I have to get rid of all, you know, mm-hmm. it's like we are emotional beings and Um, And I just find that making a face-to-face connection can be helpful. So I have some younger siblings that want some of these things. Sometimes it is like, you know, just um, somebody else in my community that would love some children's books or games. And that making sure that we're not passing off stuff people don't want. Like you have to be super awake to that, right? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. just because I care about it doesn't mean you will. But yeah, that's something that is important for me because I notice like even I'm different stage of life than you are, mm-hmm. but I loved that little people stage so much. Like mm-hmm. I love my big kids, but it's so like special mm-hmm. and I loved reading with them and I love doing, you know, art projects with them. And so even though I don't like stuff, I try to, there's some grief, mm-hmm. there's some grief mm-hmm. involved in moving from one season to the next. And I just think as we do the work, let's honor that reality because mm-hmm. I think that grief um acknowledged you know 
wreaks havoc. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'll never be able to get through that grief. There are obviously very hard parts of being a mom of littles, but yeah, I, I don't feel like I'll ever move past being sad about not having little kids anymore. I don't know. I'm saying that and I'm still in it, but I just think that is interesting. Just there always probably will be like this little bit of a emotional pull to some of these things. And so I think, like you said, I want to sit with that. But for me, I also have to realize that might still be there after I get rid of these things too. And that's okay. I'm allowed to be sad and that's okay that I'm still sad. So yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, natural boundaries. So I have this wooden antique type wooden crate Mm -hmm. and my husband and I are hoping we get to have grandbabies. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Um, And he just, he's just made to be a grandpa. And so we have decided that our natural boundary is this one crate of some of our favorite kind of multicultural special books, things that my mom had bought for my babies before, you know, she died. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just some of our favorite authors, like I love words, I Mm -hmm. love books. And, um, and so that's just a natural boundary, but it feels important to us. And Mm -hmm. if one day we don't have babies, that's fine. We're going to lovingly share this crate Mm -hmm. with, um, but you know, we've, it allows us to also let go of most of what we have and Mm -hmm. just set a natural boundary that feels good to both of us. Yeah. I love that. So One of my last questions for you, you've talked a lot about how beneficial it's been for you to minimize or just be intentional about the living room space in your home in general. But do you have anything else that you have, like you can really note has been beneficial in decluttering or keeping your living room simple? For me, it's hard. Like it's all tangled up together. So I really, I think one of the things that I just keep coming back to is that I want to live a full and awakened life. Mm -hmm. I want to be really present to the people that, you know, are my favorite humans in the world Mm -hmm. and to, to grow from becoming and to learning and just all the life. And the more that I do this work Mm -hmm. to examine and question and also even be honest, like be rooted in self-compassion as I notice envy or as I notice frustration, whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. coming up for me, then I feel a sense of agency. Like Mm -hmm. I'm living this life. I can't control everything that happens to me. I can't, you know, um, I'm not looking to live in a bubble, but I am taking personal responsibility for the bits of my life and my world that are, you know, within my control to some degree. And that gives me, I don't know, it's like it gives me strength. I feel empowered to then go out into the world and engage because um, my whole life isn't about just, you know, shiny object syndrome, following what other people, listening to all the noise. It's it's centered, it's calm, it's focused. Mm -hmm so that I can show up fully in this home and then also outside of it (laughs) to the work that lights me up and the the causes that are calling my name and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. And I feel like that's honestly a really great note to end this entire series on just how beneficial decluttering our homes and keeping them I hate, I hate just using the word intentional all the time as a filler word, but when we really are intentional about our spaces, it is that retreat that we can come back to no matter what's going on in the world. This is our space. This is what we've created. This is where we have 
we have good times and bad times, but we can really at least cultivate the way that it feels in here through things and through what we choose to like let go of and to keep. So I really think that's a great word to end the whole series on. That was awesome. So, well, I'll let you tell listeners where they can find you if they want to connect online. So a life in progress.ca and I have various social pages, Facebook, a life in progress CA is my handle mm-hmm. and uh, life in progress with underscores on Instagram. Anyway, but even if you just go to my website, you'll, you'll find me in various places. Um, one of my favorite places to engage with people mm-hmm. is in the brave and beautiful membership community community. Okay. Um, I keep that capped at 50 women so that we can really build community and um, doors are opening for that in in December for January members. So um, so if people are curious and they want to check it out, they can join me in January in that space. Cool. Great. Well, I'll be sure to include all that in the show notes so that people can find you. As we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now, aka what is your minimalist moment of the week? Oh, man. that's. I feel like that would normally be easy. Um, I'm in a season of life that is really hard. Mm-hmm. Really just... Like the word hard doesn't do it justice. So for me, the most basic practices mm-hmm. that keep me whole, things like remembering to eat before 3.30 in the afternoon, drinking enough water, um, those I'm coming back to just the most basic practices and trying to stay anchored mm-hmm. in those because I can forget. I can forget. So that is... Um, it's, I don't know if simplified that I'm not hundred percent if that's the correct word, but it's like, but it feels very important yeah. <laughs> to me yeah. to sort of come back to basics, come back to basics. And, um, and I find that sometimes those most simple practices are what keep us rooted yeah. in every season. So, yeah, so that's what I'm up to these days. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You're going through a hard time. I know that it, it's those basic things that really do make you feel rooted and like, When you feel like everything else is like out of control. So I can see how just really being intentional about those basic foundational principles of life. Like it seems Mm -hmm. probably silly, but it it is so beneficial. I think so. Yeah. Well, my last thing is what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be something silly or a minimalist resource, whatever you have for us. Well, I'm going with my brand new little kitty that joined our family last week. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I never thought I would be a cat person, but um, we adore her. And it's funny because my nature is to want to control and order and keep everything always in its place. And mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know it's good for me to have some disruption. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I lost my son just over a year ago. My son died. And so that's why this season is particularly hard as we Mm. go through the first, his death date and just his memorial and all of these hard things. And as a family, we just felt like it was the right time to bring this little rambunctious, ridiculous, like high energy, little furry creature into our lives Mm -hmm. um, because she brings so much joyful energy Mm -hmm. and also brings some stuff (laughs) and mess, you know? So I feel like this is a beautiful, almost illustration of what it means to be like human in a messy world. It's like, as we minimize and simplify, the goal is never perfection or 
of living in a bubble or never feeling stressed because we want to be alive. And I, mm-hmm. and I think this just feels like a beautiful illustration of what it means to, you know, yes, be intentional and yes, have basic order and all of that. And also like, let there be some chaotic, joyful, messy energy in our lives, mm-hmm. which I really do love. And I feel like that's one of the things maybe that we miss when all our kids leave home mm-hmm. is grumbling about, you know, picking up their shoes all the time or all, all those things that we, you know, we kind of grumble about. It's like, oh man, we miss that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So my, our little kitten, my 15 year old named her Pandora's box or box oh. <laughs> and shoes. Yeah. Fiery. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Well, I'm glad that you're able to find that lightness when you're feeling so heavy and everything feels so heavy. So I'm happy that you have that for yourself right now. Thank you. Well, this was awesome. I loved how much detail and depth you went into with the mindset element because I really do think that's huge when it comes to decluttering and minimizing. So I appreciate that wisdom. And I thank you for joining me on this very last episode. I appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here with you. What did you think of the conversation? If this episode prompted you to declutter your living room, I'd love to see it. Tag the Minimalist Moms podcast and I'll be sure to share with our Instagram community. I hope that you enjoyed this room by room series. Continue to go back and listen to them as you go through your home and declutter each space. Like I said, I'd really love to see what it looks like. So be sure to tag Minimalist Moms and I will repost. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Join me back here next week as I bring you my conversation with Meg Nordman, author of the recent release, Have Yourself a Minimalist Christmas. I love this conversation with Meg and I highly recommend her new book. I think you'll really like this one as you prepare for the Christmas season. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.